I am your plug. And we are back. That's right, back again for another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking witches, your main man for Ross in the building. And I got with me, as always, my brother, my partner in crime, Colt to the CEO, Stir Fry Ty. Tyler, how you feeling today, man? Oh, I'm feeling good, bro. Jam-packed show as always. We're talking LeBron. No, bro. <laughs> We're talking <laughs> Jordan, reportedly close to selling his stake in the Hornets. Lonzo Ball, only out forever. Warriors struggles, <laughs> the fake rivalry with the Grizzlies, and more. Keep it locked. It's the plug. Before we get into that, how you doing, my brother, my dog, my co-host, my rider? For us. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate that, my dog. I'm good, man. You know what I'm saying? Always excited to get on wax. You know what I'm saying? We just mm. dropped another exclusive for y'all. Y'all about to be hearing that in the upcoming days. If you didn't already, and outside of that, man, we got the back-to-back hoop plug. I'm feeling good, man. You already know, just covering the latest and greatest in the league. As of right now, we're going to talk about the greatest in the league. You know what I'm saying? The greatest <laughs> of all time none other than michael jordan you know what i mean and this time we're not talking about the gold debate we're not talking about you know his insane play on the court we're not talking about his athletic ability we're not talking about his airness for what he did on the basketball floor we're talking about an aspect of michael jordan that deserves a lot more criticism and a lot less praise we're talking about his time as owner of the charlotte hornets Formerly uh, Bobcats. <laughs> Gotta man, put that in there. It's, I think it's safe to say the, the skills from the court have not translated to the front office. Because, bro, 13-year run as the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. And I think Mike looking around like, I see LaMelo with them ball brother ankles. <laughs> I see Miles Bridges can't even get on the court. And these games are starting to get unwatchable. We saw the memes that came from his last appearance at the Hornets arena. I think that was just a microcosm of the feelings he had. I think he left the arena that day, went straight to his beautiful home and got on the phone and said, who wants it? Because I want out. This needs to come to an end. He has been good for the NBA in terms of getting a former player, a face of the league to run the things, to be part of the front office meetings, to be part of the board of governors. But it hasn't gone well for the Charlotte fan base because, man, it seems like there's been a lot more bad than good in the era of Michael Jordan, the owner. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I mean, the first thing that comes to mind with another franchise that tried to involve one of the former greats of the game in their front office, Magic Johnson and the Los Angeles Lakers. That's one of the Mm. few times you could refer to Magic as tragic Johnson. I mean, his time in the front office with the Lakers in every angle, whether it was as a head coach, as a general manager, head of basketball operations, it just never seemed to work out. And, you know, I think it's interesting, right, how some of the stars in in the game are really unable to kind of translate that into a career outside of playing. You know, I mean, you have the Jerry West and and stars like that, but more times than none, the guys that you see as coaches, the guys that you see as general managers and front office guys are guys who really were on the back end of rotations. I mean, the the ninth through the 12th, man. I mean, you look at the current general manager of the Phoenix Suns, uh, former three-point shooter for the Miami Heat, James Jones. I mean, doing wonders. I mean, he's having a blast. Uh, besides some setbacks with a KD injury, he's doing a great job over there in Phoenix. I mean, you look at Steve Kerr as head coach of the Golden State Warriors and the success that he's had. I mean, Doc Rivers, just a few guys to that come to mind. I mean, Phil Jackson was a former player, wasn't a great player. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but needless to say, Michael Jordan's tenure with the Charlotte Bobcats, I mean, 
Hornets, right? Because you guys can't forget, right? He was the owner of the the Bobcats through their historically terrible run, their historically terrible seasons. I mean, this guy holds records for some of the worst teams all time, and those directly fall back on MJ because guess what? He was the one pulling the strings, you know? So I say all that to say this. I mean, it hasn't been a great time for Michael Jordan and Charlotte, and uh, it shows. There's a lot of yeah. peaks some very low down valleys, a lot more low down valleys than peaks, but it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I try to look at it. All right. Like can, what can we point to that really went wrong in this run? And in the beginning, that first half, when they were the Bobcats, it was more of a hands-on approach. In the back end, it feels like Michael has kept his distance, tried to let the franchise run on its own, which you can do as an owner, less so as a GM. But the real issue is they've never got the right guys in the door. Usually when you see these former stars as NBA front office guys, Isaiah Thomas comes to mind. When he was with the Knicks, all the time he was star hunting. What's the biggest name I can get through the door? For Charlotte, they never even got to that phase. They never got to the point where you can, okay, we got our guy. How can we build and put the right pieces around him? It was Kemba Walker, an undersized guard who was getting buckets, but that was about it. It was LaMelo Ball, who's just too young to be that guy for this team. And outside of those two, there wasn't too much talent to work with. Yeah, you look at the Charlotte Hornets squad, right? But you got to look at Michael Jordan's history as a president of basketball operations and some of the moves he's been responsible for. I mean, one of Michael Jordan's most criticized moves was drafting Kwame Brown, number one overall, when he was president of the Washington Wizards. So this is not like something that Michael Jordan has just popped out. I was like, oh. He got a bad team like no, like he's unfortunately made historically bad decisions. I mean, as, you know, leader of the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, if you look at some of his first round draft picks, you know, they got SGA, right? And traded him for Miles Bridges. Mm. Traded him before he ever even played a day. Took Frank Kaminsky with a first round pick a few years Mm. back. Just like some, you know what I mean? Just some of the things that he did. It's like it did not pan out. Yeah, Yeah. there's, there's quite a few of those. You know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist was absolutely terrible. Oh, my God. Like, that guy could not shoot the basketball. Like, he was in the league for as long as he was strictly because he was very athletic and could play defense. But, I mean, damn, Michael Jordan, man, he really was the head of some of the worst decisions in league history, you know? Yeah, so I think it's good for Charlotte that they are potentially moving off of him. And uh, it's actually the GameStop investor CEO that's reportedly in on this deal. So it'll be interesting to see, right? Some new change in Charlotte. I w- remember going down to Charlotte two years ago and I was in my Uber talking to like a big hoops fan. I was like, yeah, I do a podcast, blah, blah, blah. We started talking about the Hornets. And this is the year before Zion's coming in, right? They're in the lottery. Yeah. They're probably going to get a top three pick, depending on how those ping pong balls roll. And this man had no optimism, no hope. He was like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what we do. We will be bad. Kind of sounded like a lot of Knicks fans a couple of years ago. But <laughs> the despair, the lack of of positivity something needs to change in charlotte man yeah there's no doubt about it and it can't be Lamelo. you know what i mean unless unless his, he never makes it onto the court again but nah it can't be Lamelo. moving on you know you really hate to see his airness not doing so well as a manager but it is what it is you know speaking of a ball brother we're gonna move it over to the sunny side i mean excuse me sunny to the windy side of the country chicago and the chicago bulls Lonzo Ball, man, it feels like it's been a decade at least since he's last touched the NBA floor. 
a uh, little bit less than that in reality, but it feels like a really long time, man. Ty, why don't you break it down for us? Lonzo Ball is out forever is what it seems forever. like. Forever. That's what it, it – bro, for sure, because he's about to have his third knee surgery without returning to the court. First time, they didn't correct the issue. Second time, it was just a bad surgery. Now he just needs constructive, which means a doctor's cutting it back open just to fix what the last guy did. This is going bad to worse, not only for Lonzo, but for Chicago. It's always been, I'm going to show a little promise, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to show a little promise, I'm going to get hurt. For Lonzo Ball, since he entered the league, remember game two, the 30-point triple-double? That feels like decades ago. (laughs) But it's just sad how, all right, Chicago goes all in for the first time in a while. We get DeMar, we get Vooch, we sell the farm, we extend Levine, we bring in Caruso. And now the glue guy, <laughs> the 6'6 point guard that was supposed to bring it all together, can't get healthy. You hate to see it. I mean, this guy went on the floor. You saw him leading that last year Chicago Bulls run. At certain points, they were looking like the best team in the East, arguably the best team in the league with his tutelage up up front, you know, or in the backcourt. You hate to see it because a guy like Lonzo Ball, we've known the kind of potential he's had from day one. But it's like when you think of him, you think of a guy like Zion. It's guys who have really never had the opportunity to be on the floor long enough. I think it's ironic how Lonzo Ball, another Chicago Bull point guard, having knee issues, Mm, injury issues. Think about that. And this is the thing, right? Derrick Rose is not the first one. I mean, shouts out Jay Will, Jason Williams, I believe. You know what I mean? The original injury. I mean, that guy was supposed to be Jay Williams. Dang, what is it in Chicago? What, what, why don't y'all like your point guards? <laughs> I don't know if it's anyone. the United Center floor. Uh, I don't know what Even it is. Even Kirk Heinrich was wearing three knee braces back in the day. I remember that. Yeah, we don't care about no Kirk, man. No, I'm playing. <laughs> 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 no, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Kirk, man, he gave us a lot of good moments. But you're speaking facts, so I don't know if it's the floor is old. Is that the same floor from before Michael was there? I don't know what it is. Said, but No guard shall pass since me. <laughs> he, he put a curse on that thing, bro facts dog facts he said oh y'all thought y'all was gonna take the crown of the greatest bull not only would you need to have one of the most insane careers of all time right you need to be better than the goat right but if that isn't enough people aren't even given the opportunity to put together two good seasons man you know yeah it it really is sad though shifting back to Lonzo because this new surgery is supposed to not only keep him out the rest of this year which was a given but the majority if not all of next year so we're talking about 2024, 2025. Prayers up for Lonzo. Prayers up, man. Prayers up for my Chicago Bulls. Speaking of (laughs) prayers up, man, Friday night in Chicago, Anthony Edwards looking like he's the next person to get bit, bit by that Michael Jordan injury bug in Chicago. It was an ankle injury, a sprained ankle, you know what I mean? But uh, the next time we saw Edwards, he was in a boot. He was injured during the team's. Some would say thrilling. I wouldn't. But 139-131, double overtime loss to the Chicago Bulls. The reason I say it wasn't thrilling, although it went to two OTs, is the pain at the end for one Chicago Bull fan residing in the U.S. Virgin Islands, man. But uh, nonetheless, outside of all of that, in all seriousness, man, you hate to see any guys go down, anybody get injured, especially a guy with potential like Anthony Edwards. This doesn't seem like it's going to be too serious, you know. But at the same time, you know, prayers up nonetheless yeah man and we're in the dog days of the nba season right now right like the playoffs are close 
but they're not quite here yet. We got the play in in about two weeks. And I'm looking at the standings like, all right, Chicago, 11 seed or 10 seed in the East, cool. five games under 500. Do y'all really deserve to make the playoffs like that? Timberwolves, nope. five games under 500 in the West. Like, do we really need this play in <laughs> tournament? Eight through 10? I don't, I mean, six, how is it? Seven through 10. Seven through 10. That's a lot of teams. Yeah, dog. I don't know, man. Y'all don't say. <laughs> Just a thought. Just a thought, though. All right, man. We got to shift it off to the Western Conference with the Warriors. They were matched up with the people they claim are not their rivals, but the rest of the league says is their rivals. The Memphis Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks was hyped up, charged up. He's been giving smoke to anyone who wants the cameramen, babysitters, anyone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was in Steph's face. Yeah. After they pulled the game out, reportedly yelled at Clay, you suck from the bench. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Dylan Brooks, but the world turned on him and he turned on the world saying, whoever wants smoke can get it. I know the beginning of a villain arc when I when I see one, all right, man? <laughs> and this is Dylan Brooks on his villain arc. And he's embracing the fact, right? He said, listen, not everybody going to be a protagonist in this world. I'm going to do some antagonizing, all right? I'm the antagonist in this situation. And, I mean, shoot, so far it looks like Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies have been getting the best of the Golden State Warriors as of late. I mean, we know the history. We know Golden State and their four rings, something Clay Thompson was very vocal about last night or two nights ago. Last night when they played, uh, he let them know at the end of the loss, yeah, you might say I suck, you might say this, you might say that, but I got four with them. Foe, you know, but this is one time where I'm not going to let the championship argument work. I'm not going to let the championship argument defend you. Y'all lost. I mean, y'all gave up 130 something points. That is horrid. Absolutely terrible defense. Something the Warriors are not known for. The Warriors are known for pretty solid and pretty good defense, even with the smaller lineups. Right. So y'all gave up over 130 points. They beat y'all. I mean, y'all, they had four or five guys in, in double digits. Hmm. You talking about four championships, Clay? Come on, brother. Y'all know better than that. Right? What have you done for me lately? I'm getting a little tired of them. They keep throwing around these four rings. We know. <laughs> we watched. Yeah. All right? What have you done for me lately? But uh, this is not the year that the Golden State Warriors would have thought they were signing up for when this season started. Decimated by injuries. No continuity when they're on the court together. The road record is abysmal. They can't win outside of the Oracle. I'm, I'm convinced they can't. It's, so how would that way. anyone, even though we know what they did last year, how would you expect them to win four road series and make it back to the finals? Whenever you give up seven guys and let them score double-digit points with two of those guys in the 20 and 30 range, respectively, I mean, that's a problem. And then you look at on the opposite end of that, Jonathan Kaminga, is your leading score with 24 points and Steph <laughs> played 30 minutes and Clay played 34 oh minutes and Draymond played 30 some minutes and Clay, you talking about four? Yes, you're right. But you never see Kobe flash the amount of rings in front of people. He had just come off a three peat, something that unfortunately the Warriors have never done. And when he was getting worked night in and night out and his Lakers were abysmal, he had to drop 81 against the Raptors to win. He wasn't talking about his championships. He was thinking about the next one. I think, like you said, if the Warriors had come out and Steph dropped 30 and Clay dropped 25 and Draymond had a good game and Jordan Poole had a good game and the Warriors still lost, 
then I might say, okay, well, you might be a little validated in bringing up your championships. But you play terribly, dog. Like, come okay, on now. Facts. Come on now. 14 points for Clayway in 34 minutes. That's, that's a problem. Yeah, and let me say this. They definitely miss Andrew Wiggins. I don't know what happened, nor does anyone outside of that Warriors organization. There is a rumor going around, and, and I will share it for those who may not have heard. <laughs> but I'm going to preface this by saying, again, this is a rumor. Rumor has it. Andrew Wiggins, poor Andrew Wiggins, you know, just living his life, being a good dad, being a good husband, being a good father, a father to a child that apparently is not his, but his best friends. Yes, y'all heard me right. The rumor is that Andrew Wiggins wife cheated on him with his best friend and the daughter he has been raising for the past year and a half is not his. Now. We can't prove these rumors to be fact. We probably won't know for a while, but there have been some investigators looking at the Instagram of one Andrew Wiggins and uh, some saying, take that boy, you take that baby to Maury. <laughs> he won't come back a happy camper because it's not looking anything like Mr. Wiggins himself. Oh, no. All right. Yeah. Oh, no. Not looking good. Yep, 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 yep. Nah, man. Honestly, brother, I don't even really want to touch on that. I mean, like you said, those are, those are the rumors. And although, honestly, I think uh, we all know, man, there's always some truth to a rumor. That's the reason why it's out. Sometimes there's a grain, a, literally a grain of rice of truth. And sometimes it's 99.99% facts. It's the Lysol of facts, right? I'm not going to argue how much of it is facts, but unfortunately, it seems like there's a lot of things pointing to this being true. But you hate to see it, man. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's Andrew Wiggins or even a guy. At the end of the day, when you as a parent, man, and, and a parent is one of those things, I don't think anyone, whether it's a job, whether it's a profession, whether nobody sacrifices as much as parents, good parents, of course. And I mean, a guy like Andrew Wiggins seemed like a good father. And it's the same thing. Like, you know, you don't want to ever see a, a good mother sacrifice the things she sacrificed and have to go through. So I say all that to say this. I mean, something like this is just heartbreaking. It's cold. It's a wicked world we yeah. live in. I, w I just want to, even if it's maybe not true and I'm putting myself in some sort of fantasy land, I like to lie to myself for a little bit until we get the facts. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, and I hope it's, I hope it's not true. Yeah. But just zooming out and looking at it like, all right, he's already missed a month. And there's reports that he will miss the rest of the season. Yep. So even if it's not that, it has to be something insanely bad, something devastating. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he comes through this a better man and uh, unharmed in the process. Yeah, bro. Facts, facts, facts. But uh, with that being said, it doesn't look good. <laughs> so we'll keep it pushing. We'll keep it pushing. But um, big shouts out, prayers up. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully everything works out. Facts. All right, y'all. Every March, y'all figure out your brackets. You know what I'm saying? Enter into those pools with your friends, your coworkers, your family. And uh, every year you lose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two days. It took two days this year for everyone's bracket to be busted. After you, thank you. Princeton, thank you. <laughs> Princeton making the Sweet 16 for the first time. I don't know if, if they've ever done it, but I saw their their girls' team was doing too good, pretty good themselves as well. That's uh, props up. Jersey's finest. We're still doing the damn thing. Yes, sir. This has been business as usual for what it seems the last few years for these lower-seeded teams. I mean, before 2021, I think it had been one time in the last decade that a team seeded 15th or lower 
was able to upset any squads. Now you've seen it since 2021. You've seen it every year. Saw it in 2021. You saw it last year with St. Pete's in New Jersey. Saw it this year with Princeton. Saw it this year with FDU. I mean, man, Mm. I think it's speaking to the level of the game in general. Guys, the sport is growing. Guys, social media, the age of technology, the age of information is among us, guys, because it's not like before in the 70s where if you didn't go to this elite training camp or this elite coach or whatever it was, same thing with the 80s, 90s, you weren't getting exposed to a certain level, right? That information is public knowledge now. You see it with basketball and you see it in the Olympics and some of the international competitions where teams that couldn't even be on the same floor with teams like Team USA are now giving them a run for their money, or at least they have. You see it in the Redeem Team documentary. You see it in the FIFA World Cup. Teams upsetting powerhouses, teams, little, little teams that you would never expect them to do much. So I think this is speaking to where we are in the world in general. The world is smaller information is more abundant yeah you got the negative to social media you got the negative to the internet you got all of that but there is still the positive and when you use it in the right way which it seems like a lot of these sports heads hoops heads to be specific are you're gonna get a lot of competition it don't matter whether you rank 16 or whether you rank first which we've seen anybody could get buckets on any given night (laughs) well said well said the little engine that could we'd love to see it in America and in sports world in general. So, um, yeah, I think we're seeing a lot more of that. The three-point shot has obviously helped, as we've talked on, touched on before. So it's good to see. March Madness was already crazy, not like it needed to be crazier at all, but it is now. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm going to definitely be tuned in for this Sweet 16. I got no dog in the fight because Ryder ain't make it, and he <laughs> never will. But big shouts out to all the college athletes trying to, fulfilled their dreams of winning an NCAA title. Big facts. With that being said, that's going to do it. As always, another episode of Hoop Plug in the Books. Thank you, guys. Don't forget to hit that like. Don't forget to hit that subscribe. We really appreciate y'all. We really love putting out this content for you guys. And uh, any support would would help us and make it easier for us to continue to putting out this content. So appreciate y'all. And as always, put some flavor in your ear.